thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's really, really kind of you. Great to be here. This is my first ever time in High Wycombe. I know, I know, it's shocking, I know. Um, so I discovered a lot about High Wycombe on the way down because we travelled with uh, Mike and Lou Saunders, who many of you all know. Thank you for, thank you for sending them to Bedford. Um, I found out in the car that uh, Mike's nickname is the Ginger Express on account of his very fast bowling skills uh, in cricket, so that was a good discovery. And also that he used to have long hair which is also a discovery. Um, I discovered that Marty, just give everyone a wave, Marty's on my team. Uh, she's, she's been to High Wycombe once because she went shopping in John Lewis. Um, and I discovered that you're famous for chair making. So I've, I've discovered a lot. I just kind of, I'm getting into the vibe of High Wycombe now. So uh, really great to be with you. Uh, greetings from the King's Arms uh, in Bedford. And uh, I'm here with, with, as I said, my little team here. And uh, we're really here just to try and bless you as much as we can tonight and serve you and hopefully prophesy over numbers of you and just create a context really just to spend some time praying together and see what the Lord wants to do. And so this really is a very kind of flexible format. We're not even sure quite what we're doing yet. So we're kind of making this up as we go along. And what's good is we've got till half 11 this evening <laughs> together to just find that path together. So thanks for your patience. Um, I did actually, I heard of this one, one speaker and he was relatively new to speaking and he got invited to speak at a church and they said, oh, you've got 20 minutes. And so he hit the 20 minute mark, hit the 30 minute mark, 40 minute mark, hour, an hour and a quarter he went on his first message and, and everyone was very polite to him afterwards apart from one elder lady in the church that was known to everyone as auntie. And, um, and so she came up to the preacher after us and she said, Sir, your sermon reminded me of God's peace and God's love. And he said, that is one of the most encouraging things anyone has ever said to me as I've been preaching. Thank you so much. That means so much. And she said, yeah, it reminded me of God's peace because it passed understanding. And it reminded me of God's love because it endured forever. So um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure he felt that encouraged after that, but there you go. I'm going to attempt to not remind you of the peace and love of God in that way. So um, as I say, great to be here together and great to just be part of what you're doing as a church family in terms of your journey of discipleship and your kind of journey of praying together and fasting and seeking God. And it's just great to kind of be here to just be part of that process with you and just well done for doing that together. I, as I said to John before the meeting, I'm going to steal your best ideas and take them back with me. So thank you for those. Um, and tonight, of course, we're, we're kind of zoning in on what does it mean to be a prophetic family? And so I'm not going to talk for very long at all because we just want to leave as much space as possible just to pray and to prophesy and just to see what the Lord wants to do. Um, but suffice to say, being a prophetic community is absolutely critical to the people of God on the earth today. You know, you can go to many, many places on this planet to sing great songs, listen to great music, have probably better coffee than you get in church, uh, find places to have community and socialize and all the things. But what marks us out as different on the whole face of the planet is that we're a people of God's presence. That's what marks us out as different. 
So Moses has this conversation with the Lord in Exodus and he says, listen, don't send me away from this place unless you go with me because what else will distinguish us from all the other peoples on the face of the earth? And so what's meant to mark you out as distinctive in High Wycombe is that you're a people of God's presence, not just the people that sing contemporary worship songs. You could do that anywhere. But what marks you out is that you're a people of the Spirit. You're a people where God is, God, Emmanuel, God with us, God among us, God's people. Ephesians 2 says that we are now a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. We are living stones. In other words, the Spirit comes not just to dwell in holy buildings anymore, He comes to dwell in holy people. You are God's holy people. You are His temple being built together, a, 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 a habitable place for the Lord by His Spirit. And of course, what you see in the New Testament is that one of the key markers that we are a people of his presence is that we are a prophetic people. And you see this right from the very birth of the early church in Acts 2, where the Spirit is poured out and uh, Peter gets up and preaches perhaps the best sermon of his life and preaches to a crowded, packed Jerusalem with people from all the different nations around um, Israel at the time. And he says, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied years ago. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. This side got it slightly better than this side. Your sons and daughters shall, okay, just wave at me if you are a son or a daughter. Brilliant. Just wave at me if that means you qualify as being prophetic. Great. Good. So just nudge the person next to you and say, you are prophetic. Not pathetic. Prophetic. <laughs> this, is, this is one of our distinctives. We're prophetic people. We're a, we're a people that get to hear the shepherd because we're his sheep. You know, when Jesus is teaching in John 10, he says, this, he says, listen, you know the difference between a stranger's voice and my voice. My sheep hear the shepherd. My sheep recognize it's me when I'm speaking. And so that means if you are a sheep, if you are a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, your birthright, your inheritance is to hear your father. There is no elite club. There is no special kind of distinctive certificate you have to get to hear God. Your only qualification is that I am a son and a daughter of the living God. I get to hear my father because I'm in his family. So that is good news, isn't it? That is such good news. You know, you, you, you don't need to go through a pastor to be a mediator between you and the father. Those days are gone. You have free access, says Ephesians, to the father by one spirit. That is amazing. And Paul, in that passage, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. He says, listen, we're people from all different backgrounds and cultures and experiences. And yet in Christ, we've been made one. And we all, through one spirit, have access to the same Father. We all get to hear him. We're a prophetic people. And, and the prophetic, of course, just massively changes lives. That's one of the things I love about the prophetic is that it's like a love letter from the Father. And I think there's a, a reason that in Corinthians, you get these two passages, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, that talk about spiritual gifts like prophecy. But sandwiched in the middle, you get this beautiful chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, that's all about the love of God. And I think that is entirely deliberate by Paul, because he understood spiritual gifts to be a love letter from the Father. 
I thought you'd be more excited by that than you were, but it's all right. I'll give you another chance later. Um, in other words, spiritual gifts are always an expression of God's love for us. It's an expression of his heart. And that's why the use of the prophetic needs to come also with an expression of the heart of the Father, which is a heart of love for his children. That's why the prophetic is never condemning, it's never coercive, it always empowers, it always encourages, it always builds up, it always edifies. Why? Because it reflects who God is. God is love. And so the prophetic comes with the power and the love of God to actually change lives. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about the prophetic gift. And uh, I was just thinking today, just a, a few kind of recent stories I was hearing. And um, in fact, during the worship, I had a message from a friend of mine who lives in Nairobi in Kenya called Afrikanos. And I've been getting to know Afrikanos over the last few years. And amazing story, just simple story of how the prophetic can change lives. Um, eight years ago, winding back the clock, I was in another church in the UK and I prophesied that one day they'd have connections in Kenya. And they had no connections at that particular moment in time. Five years later after that word, they began to strike up a friendship with this man, Afrikanos, who lived in a slum on the edge of Nairobi. And anyway, to cut a long story short, they, they go over, they visit him, they help him plant churches. He's planted 10 churches in the last 10 years. Um, another church in our family uh, just recently felt to give 3,000 pounds to Afrikaners to help him plant a further two churches. I was chatting with him this week. I was saying, what do you need? He's like, we need Bibles in Swahili and we need drums. So I was like, great, okay. This is how you do church planting where you are. I'm gonna get you Swahili Bibles and drums. And suddenly you see this beautiful story unfolding that just came through one simple prophetic encouragement. God is gonna open a door in Kenya. So the prophetic is like a love, a love language from the Father to us. Uh, just thinking of another story, a lady in our church, she's just uh, given birth to a second child. Um, and uh, someone prophesied over her many years ago before she was married that God would bless her, bless her with children and that God would break the curse of mental illness in her family line. And when she received this word, she broke down because there was a history of depression in her, in her mother's line. Um, and then she got married after many years of trying to help children couldn't. And so she kept going back to this prophetic word, God, you said that I would have a family. And she kept bringing it back to the Lord, praying it back to him. And uh, lo and behold, now she has two beautiful children as she's prayed in the promises of God in her life. The prophetic is a powerful and beautiful love gift from the Father. Now, a lady last week came to me and she said, oh, I don't suppose you remember, you prophesied over me, and I rarely do, I rarely do remember. And she said, you prophesied that I would receive inheritances. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, she said, I just wanted to let you know that two years ago, my daughter was suddenly um, taken sick. She got, uh, I think it was fibromyalgia, had to quit school. I had to quit my job to look after her. We didn't know how we were gonna make the finances meet. And then totally out of the blue, I got two inheritances from family members that meant I could stay at home and look after my daughter. And she said, I knew the powerful peace of God with me in that moment because I knew that he was with me in a stormy season. See, the prophetic is powerful. It brings peace, it brings love. It brings clarity, it brings light, it brings encouragement. So the prophetic is such a beautiful gift and we're all called to be a prophetic people. And um, I just, I love this quote because it challenges me. Uh, Bill Johnson said this, many Christians miss out on God encounters because they're satisfied with good theology. 
And what I would suggest to you is that the church, particularly in the UK, is increasingly over-educated but under-experienced when it comes to the things of the presence of God and the things of the prophetic. We store up our notebooks full of great theology, but the question is, are we taking the invitation of the Holy Spirit to know him? You understand that the Bible is an invitation to know the author. And so I just want to challenge you tonight, don't just be satisfied with good theology. Allow good theology to be your invitation to actually know the one behind the theology. There's an invitation to know him and to encounter his presence. So um, we're going to pray in a moment, but let me just share three prophetic themes that I am living with at the minute, just to give us some context, and then we're going to pray. And these, I would say, just three big prophetic themes that I see going on um, around our nation at the minute. Um, a little while ago, I felt the Lord say that we're moving from a pool of Bethesda season to an Ezekiel's river season, which excited me at the time because I wasn't sure what it meant. Um, I, I don't know if, you, if the Lord does that. He says things to you and you're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then you've got to decipher it. But um, I, I, the, the Bethesda, the pool of Bethesda in the Gospels is this place where a, a, a man who was crippled from birth lay for 38 years you may remember the story, occasionally the angel would come down, stir the waters, and the first one into the waters would get healed. And for 38 years, this poor man, this crippled man, couldn't get to the waters first. And then he meets Jesus, who was the living water of life. And suddenly his life is changed forever. And the contrast with that, where you get this occasional breakthrough of God, once a year, a man for 38 years missing his moment, and yet when you read the prophecy of Ezekiel's river, you see this river flowing from the temple. And the further it gets from the temple, the deeper it gets. And it just brings life wherever it goes. And I just have this sense that God is bringing us into a new seismic change and a new season where the moving of the Spirit is not just going to happen in occasional pockets, but there is going to be a river of power and a river of presence. And the further it gets from the church, the deeper it's going to get. And so I just want to just remind us tonight that we don't go to church, we are the church. <laughs> you know, if you, if you find yourself saying, come on kids, let's go to church on Sunday, just correct yourself. Just say, no, 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 we're not going to church, we are the church. The holiest moment on Sunday mornings is when you leave to go and be the church. And there's something about us going in the understanding that the further I go, the more God's presence is going to go with me. And there is healing for the nations in the river of God. It's not occasional blessing, but it's blessing wherever your feet tread, God goes with you. So that's one area I'd love us to pray into tonight. Um, a second would be, I just really feel God's heart for the next generation. And uh, at the turn of last year, um, I felt the Lord again, just say to me as I was out for a walk, he said, it's time for the Gehazi generation to rise up and shine. Again, I was like, oh, Gehazi, my, my, my biblical history is a bit hazy. And, and Gehazi, of course, was the servant of Elisha. Okay? So if you remember the story, Elijah, great prophet in Israel, the one of the showdown with the prophets of Baal. And uh, he had an understudy, Elisha, who kind of the prophetic mantle got passed to him in this second generation. And then Elisha also had a servant called Gehazi. And Gehazi, we read the story, it's a tragic story because ultimately he succumbs to the sin of greed and what started with Elijah and gets passed to Elisha 
never carries on with Gehazi. In other words, the move of God stops in the third generation. And I felt the Lord begin to speak to me and say, my heart is for the Gehazi generation to rise up and shine. And that he wants a third generation movement not to dwindle or fade, but actually to emerge out of the ashes. And I just feel like there is something in this season about us believing God for a younger generation to arise and shine, to see the Lord, to encounter God and to represent him to their peers. And, you know, I was just thinking some of the things that we've seen recently in our church. We baptized a young guy recently and uh, uh, one of his old teachers was in, our, <laughs> was in our church and she leant over to me as he was getting baptized and she said, when I taught this kid... He was the naughtiest kid in the class. If there was someone I thought would least likely to get saved, it's this guy. <laughs> and yet there he was testifying to the grace of God in his life. Um, we were just talking beforehand. We had a joining course last week. A guy came to our joining course. It was his first time at church. He got saved that week. Young guy in his 20s came along to the joining course. I don't think he knew what he was coming to, but he just he found Jesus in the middle of the week, led to Christ by another 20-year-old. And there's just something that is happening in a rising generation that I feel like we need to pour our prayers into. And then the third thing, and again, maybe we'll pray into this theme, is just the theme of surrender. I just feel like even in your 40 days of prayer and fasting together, I wonder if something that God is going to do within you is bring you to a deeper place of surrender. And uh, I, I heard this quote recently that someone said, the reward for surrender is revelation. The reward for surrender is revelation. And I just feel even tonight as we pray together that there's an invitation for some of us just to enter into a, almost a fresh contract with the Lord and say, Lord, all I am is yours. Everything I have belongs to you. My life has been bought with a price. Do with me as you wish. Send me. You know that moment of Isaiah's in Isaiah 6 where he sees the Lord and he surrenders and he says, here I am. Send me. I'll go anywhere. I just feel like for some of you, God's bringing you to that place of fresh surrender in this season. And... Maybe you're in a moment where you're seeking God for revelation. I just want to say the reward for surrender is revelation. Sometimes before you get the revelation, you need to surrender first. And so there's three themes that I think God is doing across churches at the moment. And so, shall we just create a bit of space and pray? Is that okay? Are you guys okay? I don't know if you're normally this quiet or if this is normal, but I hope you're okay. I haven't stunned you into silence. Um, should we just stand together? Let's pray. And um, we're just going to be open to whatever the Lord wants to do. As I say, we'll, we'll, we'll only run through till about half 11 and then we'll stop. So, um, yeah, oh, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. We love you. We love that we're a people of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. You're so welcome here. You are so welcome here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if it's possible to get Piano Man back. Is that okay? Thank you. Sorry. What is your name? Adam. Thank you so much, Adam. Isn't Adam an anointed worship leader, by the way? What an amazing gift you have there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, if you're here tonight and you would just, let's just start in that place of surrender. I just feel for some of us, 
There's a moment of both surrender and also to receive. <laughs> Surrendering and receiving. You know, it's not possible to receive something in your hand unless you let go of what you're already holding. And so tonight, I just feel for some of us, there's a moment of fresh encounter on offer for you. Don't be satisfied just with great theology. There's an invitation to encounter the Father tonight. So why don't, if you're just hungry to just freshly say, Father, I surrender to you and I wanna receive more of your spirit, just open your hands to him, just wherever you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we love your presence. We love your presence. You're so welcome here. Just around this room, just begin to, just quietly ask him to freshly come to you, to fill you. Just express your longing for him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come to him with empty hands. Say, Jesus, fill me again. Fill me again. Thank you, Lord. You're welcome here. Thank you, Spirit of God. Come, Lord. Just wait on him. Our lives are so busy, we don't often get just an opportunity to wait. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. He's in this place right now. Oh, we love your presence, Father. Lord, come, come and fill hungry hearts. Thank you for your promise that you'd fill thirsty people with living water. So Lord, I just pray right now for living water. Thank you, Lord. Just receive, just drink deeply. Drink deeply, drink deeply. A.W. Tozer said, you can have as much of God as you want. He's limitless <laughs> and his invitation to come is to come and drink. So drink. There's a river flowing from the throne tonight. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just keep drinking. Do you know when the Spirit moves, all sorts of things happen. Sometimes things happen in complete silence. Sometimes things happen with great chaos and noise and everything in between, and it's all good. But the 
Father just wants to come to every single one of you tonight. Come, He's a good Father. He has good gifts. The Spirit is not a reward for good behavior. It's a grace gift from the Father. So just receive, just receive. He loves you. Oh God, all around this room, I just pray sons and daughters would just know the, the favor and the pleasure of the Father over them right now. Come, your Father loves you. Your Father loves you. He rejoices over you with songs of rejoicing. You're the apple of His eye, His treasured possession. You're precious to God. You are precious to your Father. He's called you by name. Wow. Come, Lord. I just pray the spirit of adoption. Just let that just wash across this room right now. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, come, Lord. Just get this sense of God just breaking off heaviness over some of you. Uh, Mike earlier particularly felt like in that back corner of the room, kind of the right corner, my left, your right. There's just a sense of God just breaking some stuff off. But if you just, you know you've been in a heavy season, maybe you've been carrying anxiety or fear or shame or guilt or just burdens, you've just been carrying burdens. Just If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are because I just want us to pray for you. Just feel like the spirit of the Father and adoption is in this room. So church family, just quickly open your eyes. If there's someone near you with their hands raised, you are now the ministry team. So I want you just to lay a hand on their shoulder and we're just gonna pray as a family. Father, if there's anyone else, just stick your hand up just so we can pray for you. Just feel like God wants to break off a spirit of heaviness. Come. God has not given you a spirit of mourning. He's not given you a spirit of timidity and fear. He's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so Father, I pray right now, I pray for all of those who've not been in their right mind in this last season. I just say, right now, come back into your right mind in Jesus' name. Your Father loves you. Your heavenly Father loves you. You are not rejected. You're known, you're loved. You're the beloved of God. Jesus, just come and lift off a spirit of fear right now. Come, Lord. Just feel like particularly if you're carrying a real fear around finance, I just feel like the Lord wants to come to you right now and just break anxiety over finance right now. There's a, there's a man in, in green with awesome hair that's being prayed for right there. Yeah, again, I just, just keep receiving, but I just felt the Lord wants to break off any fear or anxiety around finance in your life particularly. I feel like you're gonna know Jehovah Jireh as your provider in a very powerful way in this season. And I feel like the Father says, this is a season to trust Him. Trust Him for daily bread. Trust Him for yearly bread. Trust Him for 10 yearly bread. I just feel like the Father's gonna release to you the riches of heaven as you trust Him. But it's all connected to you knowing that He is your Father and He loves you. And so I just pray right now, Spirit of God, come. Come, break off any fear and let the spirit of adoption just come and rest in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just keep receiving from Him. 
come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I felt even earlier as I shared the story of my friend who had a family history of mental illness, particularly around depression, that God came and broke in on. Again, I just felt like the Lord wants to do the same here tonight. So, if, if mental illness is something that maybe you're contending for, you're praying that God would come and work, maybe it's for loved ones, for family members, or maybe even for yourself, and that's just an area you'd love to see God work some miracles. Could you just, again, just quickly raise your hand. And again, I'd love us just to contend for that together. Again, church family, let's just be aware, if you've got someone near you, don't leave them hanging. <laughs> Go and be family to them. <laughs> When you've got someone standing with you, you can put your hand down, but let's just make sure we're being family together tonight and let's contend for this together. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Let's just go after this together, shall we? Let's be praying together. If you're not being prayed for, just lift your hands where you are and let's just pray for God's power to break in Father, Father, let your power come. Lord, we pray, Lord, break the power of mental illness in families right across this room. Jesus, we just take authority over paranoia and over anxiety and over depression. Lord, over personality disorders. God, we take authority over bipolar disorder. We take authority over schizophrenia. God, we take authority in the name of Jesus. We take authority over um, anorexia. God, we take authority in the name of Jesus over eating disorders. We take authority and we pray, let the power of God flow in right now. Jesus, come break in. Break in right now. Lord, we say no more. In the name of Jesus, God, what the enemy intended for harm, Father, will you now turn for good in the name of Jesus? Come, Lord. God, we just break off family history of depression. We just say, let the story begin again in a new way. Let this be a new chapter. Come, Jesus. Come to your sons and daughters right now and bring breakthrough, we pray. Lord, let faith arise across the room. Let faith arise. It's a new day. It's a new day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we stretch our hands towards loved ones, towards sons, daughters, grandchildren, Lord, aunties, uncles, grandparents, parents. We just stretch our hands out towards our loved ones and we just speak the blessing of God over them. And we say, let them be of sound minds in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just keep praying, just for a few more moments. Thank you, Jesus. Breakthrough today. We pray breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Sikarara mamana, sitara mamana, rababa. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the river of God that's flowing. Thank you there's life in the river tonight. There's healing in the river tonight. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus.